0: It's interesting how things come together when we plan a service and and I think um, as we move through the remainder of the service you will get a clear sense as far as how God's hand has been in it uh, up to this point. Uh, Many years ago uh, on a Mother's Day and I can't tell you when uh, and I could tell you who but I won't, um, after sharing what I thought was a particularly profound informative and inspirational message on some topic like 10 things every mother needs or how to bless a mother or something equally rich. Um, Someone from the congregation approached me and and of course after service and I give a great message and uh, someone comes up to me, I'm expecting, oh pastor you rocked my world and uh, they very politely but clearly suggested that I was not qualified uh, to speak about motherhood because I was not a mother and I would never be a mother and therefore I couldn't really know what a mother needs so I enjoyed my humble pie before uh, I had lunch Um, but to some extent they were right I am not a mother and I never will be a mother and because of that fact there are some uh, there are many things about motherhood that I will never fully comprehend and I concede that Um, However, in my 56 years, I have crossed paths with a lot of mothers. I have observed them in a multitude of circumstances and situations. I have laughed with many and cried with some. I have prayed for many and had the privilege of praying with some. I've been led by some. I've walked alongside some. I've been pushed forward by some. I've been served by many, and I've had the privilege of serving with some. Based upon all of this second-hand motherhood experience, I've drawn a couple of conclusions. First, the overwhelming of majority, majority of mothers with whom I have crossed paths are absolutely awesome. They're all different. They look different. They sound different, they act different, they mother differently. Some are a kick you in the seat of the pants kind of mom. Some are a grab you by the scruff of the neck kind of mom. Some are the firm hand on your shoulder kind of mom. But so many, many of them are awesome and I commend them. Second, I've observed, and you'll be... Amazed at the depth of my insight here, all right? If I say so myself. (laughs) Second, in my observation, being a mother can be really, 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 really hard. Oftentimes, mothers find themselves feeling unappreciated, rejected by the ones they desperately so try. To shape and influence they are often feeling overworked exhausted confused overwhelmed lonely discouraged heartbroken and I, I, I see that it's exasperating at me at times to feel powerless to do anything to help sometimes I think the best thing I can do is just get out of the way because I'm only making it worse but I wanted to point out the the small gift that the ladies should have received as they came in uh, is not just a random gesture or a meaningless little trinket. Uh, I tried to convince Leslie that I had made them all for you, worn out several tatting shuttles in the process. Uh, She wasn't having any of it, so I decided not to try any further. First, the gift we gave you today is significant to me because something very similar has been in my mother's Bible for as long as I could remember. Uh, Someone saw this and said, did you make it? And I said, look at it, do you think I made it? (laughs) I wish I could even take credit for putting the ribbon in, but I'm pretty confident I had nothing to do with that either. I can't even tell you that I'm the one that gave it to her, but my sister's not here, so I'll say I did, all right? (laughs) I'd like to tell you that I remember the day in that uh, little country, United Methodist Church, but I don't. But when Diane and I were talking about the desire to give mothers something, and I saw these, I immediately thought of this. And I thought, you know what? Yeah, that's the ticket. (sighs) The second reason that cross is significant, because as I thought about what I could possibly do or say that would be helpful to those who face the joys and the heartaches of motherhood, it occurred to me one of the best things I could do is to point you to the cross. Some of you have come to me when you were heartbroken and hurting, looking for godly wisdom, and you got a blank stare. Because there are some things I don't have an answer to. But I can point you to the cross. And that's what I hope to do today. If you think about the cross for just a moment from a mother's perspective. In many ways, the cross from Mary's perspective and her relationship with the cross represents much of the deepest pain a mother can face think about it first her son after raising him and and being everything she can to him takes off on this somewhat bizarre mission to be the savior of the world now imagine your kids have come to you with some pretty outlandish ideas they were going to build a barn or they were going to do something and you just kind of smiled and said okay sweetie Jesus says I'm going to be the savior of all mankind. I suspect Mary had seen some things that made her think maybe there's something to this. But when it first started, I think about that time, and I know a number of us have talked about this passage when Jesus says, you know, they said your mother and your brothers are outside, and, and he says, Who are my mother and brothers? You're my brother, mother and brothers and sisters. Basically rejecting his mom. And I know that I know some of you moms know what that pain is. To be rejected by one of the ones you brought into this world, for goodness sake. She knew what it was. How many of you? I, I shared with some of you when we were doing the asparagus, about a week or so ago I was in the office and it was time for the, the school bus drop off and I heard a ruckus out in the parking lot. And there were two distinct groups of people who had dropped off from the bus and they were having a very heated exchange And it was clearly one mother taking up an offense for something someone else's child did and that child's mother defending her child. Just what I want to do is be in the middle of two mothers fighting over their kids and their kids kind of egging them on. I didn't say a word. I just went and stood in the middle. Thought they'd at least have to go through me before they did any real harm. But imagine, you know what it is when somebody criticizes your son. Mary had the opportunity The cross as a reminder of that pain, of seeing her son misunderstood by the masses and despised by the establishment. It reminds us of the pain of seeing her son betrayed by a friend, seeing her son falsely accused and arrested, seeing her son abandoned by those he trusted most, those friends that he had poured his life into for year after year, i turn and walk away. Mary saw that pain. And I know mothers well enough. Not a mother, got that covered. But I know mothers well enough to know when you see your child hurt, you hurt. When you see your child rejected and misused, you feel rejected and misused. She saw her son go through an unfair trial she saw her son mocked and beaten publicly humiliated tortured and murdered in a most gruesome fashion all while she watched the cross represents the deepest pain I think a mother can know some of you have been there in my pastoral role I've stood by a mother while her child took her last breath or or his last breath. The deepest pain a mother can know. John's gospel talks about those moments in John chapter 19, verses 25 through 27, and and they're going to be up there just so you can follow along. John chapter 19, verse 25, it says, Near the cross of Jesus stood his mother, his mother's sister, Mary, the wife of Clopas, and Mary Magdalene. When Jesus saw his mother there and the disciple whom he loved standing nearby, he said to his mother, Dear woman, here is your son. And to the disciple, here is your mother. From that time on, the disciple took her into his home. Can you comprehend? That moment. Jesus on the cross. Mary standing nearby, emotionally and physically exhausted from what the past 24 hours have entailed. Mothers, I know that some of you today are hurting. I know some of you feel a deep ache that nothing seems to touch. I know some of you, perhaps most of you, have been deeply hurt in the past. And I don't mean to be discouraging, but I know some of you will face that kind of hurt in the days, weeks, and months ahead. And I do not claim to pretend to know what it's like. But I want you to understand today, when the pain seems unbearable and unrelenting, when you are facing that deepest pain that only a mother can know, I invite you, oops, I invite you to look to the cross and remember that you are never, ever alone in that pain. While Mary demonstrates that the cross can be representative of the deepest pain a mother can know, she also shows us that from a mother's perspective, the cross also reveals the greatest hope a mother can embrace. Go back in your mind to that scene at the cross. As portrayed in The Passion of the Christ, such a powerful film, if Mary and John were close enough to the cross, remember Jesus is there suspended, beaten, exhausted, struggling desperately to breathe. If they were close enough to hear him whisper those instructions, mom, this is your son, John, this is your mother. If they were close enough to hear that, They were close enough to have his blood splattered on them. But we cannot envision Mary the mother of Christ standing there in the shadow of the cross literally covered by his blood without being reminded that he did not stay on the cross. He did not stay in the tomb. He did not stay here on earth. Fast forward 40 days. We've experienced the empty tomb. We've experienced the repeated appearance of the resurrected Christ. We've experienced the ascension. Watching, I mean, it just blows my mind to think about Seeing him killed that way from a mother's perspective. Seeing him taken down and put into a tomb. Then seeing him come back again. For 40 days they interacted together. It wasn't just like, did I really see that? For 40 days there was this interaction with the resurrected Christ. Then after 40 days to stand there watching him and just watch him elevate. Ascend into heaven. Acts chapter 1 verses 12 through 14 come at the, uh, come just following the ascension. Acts chapter 12 verse 1, excuse me, Acts chapter 1 verse 12. After the ascension, then they returned to Jerusalem from the hill called the Mount Mount of Olives, a Sabbath day's walk from the city. When they arrived, they went upstairs to a room where they were staying. Those present were Peter, John, James, and Andrew, Philip and Thomas, Bartholomew, Matthew, James, son of Alphaeus, Simon the Zealot, and Judas, son of James. They all joined together constantly in prayer along with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and with his brothers. And then we go forward a little bit more. And following those in depth, intense prayer meetings, the Holy Spirit breaks forth on the day of Pentecost. And Mary sees her son's mission explode. And it continues to change the world and change lives today. Friends, can you imagine? how Mary felt when she went from the pain of the crucifixion to the hope of the resurrection what an incredible transformation and turnaround and I would go back to what I just said mothers I know some of you are hurting I know some of you have been hurt in the past and I know that some of you will face heartache in the future. And again, I say, I don't pretend to know what that's like because I think mothers have a connection with their kids. Dads, I love you. You're great. But there's something about having that child grow with inside of you. There's something about that bond between mothers and their children that I just don't get. So I think there's a pain that mothers bear at times that dads just don't get. So I don't know what it's like. But I would remind you again, when the pain seems unbearable and unrelenting, when you're facing the deepest pain that only a mother can know, I invite you to look at the cross and embrace the hope that it represents a hope for an eternal relationship with your God and your creator. The one song we didn't do today that I should have asked for was Jesus, lover of my soul. Moms, I want you to understand the greatest hope you can know represented by the cross is that Jesus is the lover of your soul. In those times when you're convinced nobody else cares about your soul, you know what? Jesus is the lover of your soul. And that is a hope you can cling to. A hope that your broken heart will one day be healed. A hope that your prodigal child will come home. A hope that there will be a possible solution to the seemingly impossible situation you're facing. A hope that the dream that you have, the dreams you have for your child or that they have for themselves will be realized against all odds. Imagine as Jesus was being led to be crucified. If he had looked over and said, Mom, it's going to be okay. I'm going to rock the world for centuries to come. Would have been a tough one. But she saw that hope realized against all odds. A hope that the strained relationship will be restored. A hope that the child you were never able to hold or the child you can no longer hold will once again be in your arms when you cross over into eternity I think that may have been perhaps one of the most powerful parts of that book Heaven is for Real as the realization of the mom being reunited with a miscarried child a hope that the waves of fear, doubt, discouragement and depression will subside with time a hope that the feelings of that feelings of joy and contentment will replace the sense of being overwhelmed and I remind you moms the hope of the cross is for a burden that is bearable and a yoke that is light that's what he wants for you a lifestyle that is manageable in the days ahead my prayer is that moms, you'll keep that simple cross somewhere where you can see it regularly. And then it will remind you that while motherhood brings more than its share of hurts and heartaches, there is always hope in a mother's cross. I want to close today by praying over the mothers. And, and before I do, eh, I just want to say, I came to terms a long time ago with the fact that I'm nothing special just because I have a degree or I have a title or I have a ordination certificate. However, I've accepted that the title pastor brings with it a certain privilege to represent something and someone that is very special. I don't have an inflated view of my own prayer power. My prayers are no different than anybody else. But because my capacity as your shepherd, I realize that at times people find it encouraging to have me lay hands on them when I pray so I just want to say today I'm going to close in prayer and I'm going to give you a couple options one uh, if you would like me to just pray a general blessing over you you're welcome to stand where you're at those people who are near you can lay their hands on you your family can lay hands on you if you would like me to actually lay hands on you I would encourage you to come up to one of the kneelers or kneel along the platform so that I can actually lay hands and I will pray over each of you Um, and then after I'm done uh, we will sing that one last song that is so powerful and appropriate you never let go because that is the hope that we have today so at this time I invite you to enter into an attitude of prayer if you want me to pray a general prayer of blessing over you uh, please feel free to stand if you want me to lay hands on you and pray for you I would invite you to come and kneel at the altar